Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where we had a couple little boys, ages 10 and 8, who were really rambunctious. The two were always getting into trouble, and their parents could be assured that if any mischief occurred in round town, their two young sons were some way involved. The parents were at their wit's end and didn't know what to do about their son's behavior. The mother had heard that a clergyman in town had been successful in disciplining children in the past, so she asked her husband if he thought they should send the boys to speak to the clergyman. The husband said, Well, we might as well. We need to do something before I really lose my temper. The clergyman agreed to speak with the boys, but asked to see them individually. The eight-year-old went in first to meet him. The clergyman sat the boy down and asked him sternly, Where is God? The boy made no response. So the clergyman repeated the question in an even sterner tone, Where is God? Again, the boy made no attempt to answer. So the clergyman raised his voice even more and shook his finger in the boy's face, where is God? At that, the boy bolted from the room and ran directly home, slamming himself into a closet. His older brother followed him into the closet and asked what happened. The younger brother replied, We're in big trouble this time. God is missing and they think we did it. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal risen Lord and Savior, thanking Him for His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, and we look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that Your Holy Spirit lead and guide us as we speak to Your beloved people. We ask that You open their hearts and their minds to receive Your revelation Hold fast that which is good, and be edified and built up in the most holy faith. In Jesus' name. Today, my co-host with a spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast is... A successful day in God's love. Hey, Christy, how you doing? I'm doing really well. The rumor around Roundtown is those boys are still in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> they really messed up they this really time. They really messed up this time. Wow. <laughs> uh, that, that's funny. You know, a lot of things go on in Roundtown. Yeah, it's quite an adventurous More than place. You think. <laughs> that's right. We're going to talk about how to have a successful day in God's love. And the first thing that I'd like to share with my listeners is that it's one day at a time you can't do anything about the past and the future is unknowable and so while we can do some limited planning for the future jesus said take no thought for tomorrow just concentrate on what you're doing today i mean tomorrow will take care of itself and that's really how he lived his life he was really focused on what he was doing at the moment mm -hmm. and he wasn't worried about what happened yesterday and he wasn't concerned about what was going to happen tomorrow because he knew that his father was going to take care of it. So what we're encouraging everyone to do is to focus on the present and let God lead and guide you in the next 24 hours and concentrate on having a successful time in that space. Yeah. We invite you to experience God's love and let God's love flow through you so that in the next 24 hours, 
you are a representation of God's love on earth. What do you think, Christy? I think that's a really, really good focus because we get so caught up in either the past or the future. And if you think about it, all we really have is the present. Even when we're thinking about the past, we're in the present moment remembering something. And when we think about the future, we're in the present moment thinking about the future. Really, the future never happens. There is no future. Everything happens in the present moment. Exactly. And that's the only moment that God wants us to focus on. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Like you said, take no thought for tomorrow. Sufficient for the day is the trouble, but sufficient for the day is the focus. There's a really powerful thing that we need to remember. God is a God that supersedes time. And so to God, it's always the present. And God is with us in the present moment. He promises to be with us in the present moment. So if I am dealing with something that's kind of difficult in the present moment, God is with me. His grace is with me. I can hear his voice clearly. I get clear guidance on what I need to do. But if I'm worried about something that's going to happen next week, and my mind and my thoughts are there, I don't have the presence of God with me in that moment when I'm dealing with it. If I'm worried about what's going to happen next Wednesday, and I'm thinking about it now and trying to figure out what I'm going to do, I'm doing that completely separate from God, because God's not there, not until it happens. When it happens and I get there on that Wednesday, God will be with me, and I'll hear him clearly, and I will be able to have his grace to help me get through what I need to get through. So it's really important for us to learn to focus on the present moment and experience God's love today. You said this yesterday, which prompted this podcast. The goal for today is a successful today. That's what our goal should be when we wake up in the morning. We don't have to wake up in the morning and go, okay, next week I got to do this. I got to make this much money this month. I got to figure out how I'm going to do this next year. The goal for today is a successful today. And we have a successful today by connecting to God and experiencing his love and living in the moment. Yeah, and you got enough that you're dealing with right in the next 24 hours. Exactly. Let alone trying to figure out what's going to happen in a few days, a few weeks, or a few years. Now, it's okay to have goals, but I remember when I was working with a crew, one of the guys was talking about this guy who worked really, really hard and was really dedicated to his job and saved up scrupulously for his retirement. And so he finally came to his retirement. He had all the money he never needed for doing what his plans were for the future. And then two weeks after his retirement, he keeled over and died. Oh, wow. And so he just sacrifice and he worked for something that he planned that wasn't going to happen Mm, wow if he had known maybe he would have done things differently but he put all his eggs in a basket in the future that Mm -hmm. really didn't exist and what i'm saying to our listeners is that the next 24 hours are the most critical in your life god wants to do certain things in the next 24 hours And if you allow him to fill you with his love and you are motivated by his love and you speak in love and you hug or you do kind things and you really try your best to let Christ live through you, the next 24 hours is really, really important because Jesus gets to walk the earth again in you to a degree. And if we stop living our life in the past which means overcome the hurts and the disappointments and all the tragedies, and we don't concern ourselves so much with the future, then we're able to be fully present right now. Mm -hmm. And this is how Jesus lived. Whatever his father said, whatever he saw his father doing, that's what he did. In the moment. In the moment. And it says in the scriptures that 
if all the things that Jesus did in the moment were written down, all the books in the libraries of the entire world couldn't hold them. So he was incredibly efficient at doing God's will, because everything he did at every moment was God's will. And it was spectacular. If he needed a coin to pay temple tax, just ask God, and God says, well, go send the guy down fish, and it'll be in his mouth. He didn't have to concern himself about going around trying to find money to pay that. God took care of it. Why? So he could do what God really wanted to get done. It's the same thing with you. The same spirit that filled Christ now fills you. That same spirit that gave him wisdom from above to answer the critics, to answer the problems of life, is the same spirit that dwells in you right now. And you have access to the same power, the same God that allowed him to heal the sick, raise the dead, feed 5,000, walk on water. All the miracles that Jesus Mm -hmm. did was done by the same spirit that you have. You know, he says, if you believe, there's nothing will be impossible to you. When we worry about the past or we are concerned about the future, we're not present right Mm -hmm. now. And we're not able to be fully engaged in what God is doing right this moment. And I've come to the point where I'm not really worrying about what's going to happen in the world. Mm -hmm. Because God will take care of it some way. You know, if I'm not supposed to be here in Roundtown, God will move me someplace else. If God doesn't want me to go anywhere else, I'll stay right here. I'll do what I feel to do the day I feel to do it. And God will lead me. That's all I have to have. Exactly. And that is the distinction because a lot of times when you think, don't worry about tomorrow, you think, don't plan for tomorrow. It's not a matter of not planning. When Jesus was preaching to the 5,000 on the hill, It's not that he was oblivious to the fact that they were going to be hungry. He was just doing what God said to do in the moment. If he had walked up there thinking, oh my gosh, we are so far from a town and there's all these people, they're going to be getting hungry, we better cancel, we better prepare. Instead, he just did what God said to do in the moment. And then when it came time to feed them, God performed the miracle. God led them in the moment. When we're in the present moment, God will give us direction. It's not like we sit in the present moment and we never think about what we need to do. We don't plan a way to earn money or we don't figure out what we need to get at the grocery store. It's just that we connect to the Spirit of God and He leads us in the moment. Before coronavirus hit, we, nobody, had any idea what was coming, but God spoke to you about some very specific things to do to get people in this community here ready for what would happen, even provided a large sum of money to be able to buy supplies. And we didn't know what was coming. Nobody knew what was coming, but we were prepared because you were in the moment listening to God in the moment, and he said, today, do this. Okay. And a lot of people might take some of those promptings from God and say, well, this doesn't make any sense. How does this fit in? The problem that we have with following God in the present is we don't always know exactly where God is going. And if we don't know where God is going, we a lot of times have a hesitancy to follow him there. But being in the present moment, connecting with the Spirit of God, you don't need to worry about what's coming. And I think that's kind of why we tend to be focused on the future. We're afraid we're going to miss something. I remember being like that, thinking if I don't think about how I'm going to pay my bills at the end of the month, then it's not going to get done. And you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you're stressed about stuff and you feel like you've got to figure it out right then. Really? At three in the morning right now, I've got to figure this out? That's what it feels like when we're so focused on the future. If we're trying to do it in ourselves, it causes a lot of stress. But what if you're in the present moment connected to the Spirit of God and totally trusting Him? Then if you wake up at three in the morning and you think, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my bills? You connect to God. 
you ask God, be with me, guide me, show me, and he'll reassure you, I've got it taken care of, go back to sleep. And we can live in that present moment. And if you get up in the morning, you get a prompting from God, call this person and ask for a job, you'll know because the Spirit of God will be leading you and you'll have that peace and that joy and you'll be living in that love. That's what guides us into the future is the focus in the present, staying connected to God. Success in any given day is how much you yield to God's Spirit and do His will. And that's not some prescribed Bible study. It's being available to do what God wants when He wants with whomever He wants you to do it with. And if you do that and you allow God to flow through you and do what He wants rather than what you think is best, things tend to work out. Yeah. I remember so many times that there would be a need that I would take care of for somebody and God would tell me exactly how much money to give. And if you looked at my budget and the money he told me to give, the two did not agree. (laughs) What I would do is I simply give the money, knowing that if he told me to give the money, he'd make up the difference. And some way, over all these years of doing that, I'm still here. You know, (laughs) the sky didn't fall. I didn't go bankrupt. In fact, I'm more blessed now than I was then. I don't know how it happened. I don't know everything that went into making this what it is today, but trusting God that he knows what he's doing, even with my money, even with my time, is what I believe adds up to success over the long haul. When you're thinking about what to do today, the most important thing you can do is do exactly what God says. That's right. In the moment, you were telling me yesterday the story about a man that came to live with you for a while, and you felt very strongly to preach the gospel to him in a very powerful way, and he ended up forsaking... Scientology. He was in Sea Org down in California. Wow. He ended up forsaking that, getting saved, shortly after that getting spirit-filled, and shortly after that he passed away and went to heaven. Just keeled over. Yeah. And you had no idea. He had no idea, but you felt that prompting that you needed to talk to him now. A lot of us sometimes feel a prompting to share the gospel with someone. We think, oh, I've got time, or they're young, they're healthy, I've got time to explain, or I don't really feel comfortable doing it right now. But if we don't obey what's happening in the moment, we don't know what blessing somebody else could even be missing, even beyond us. Every day there's something that God wants to do. Every day there's a way that God wants to flow through us. But if we're so focused on tomorrow, we're going to miss what he wants to do today. And Jesus made his disciples understand that you didn't need to worry about the circumstances around you as long as you were doing God's will. This is what allowed Jesus to sleep in the boat while the storm was going on. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he was so convinced that he was in God's will and doing his purpose that even if there was a storm, it wasn't anything to worry about because it would naturally go away or there would be some way through it. He wasn't thinking about what he was going to do. He wasn't planning it out. The guy lived in incredible faith. He just had the confidence that God was going to take care of tomorrow. He didn't even know where he was going to lay his head every day. He just knew that come supper time, there'd be food. And if there wasn't, he was going to fast and pray. There'd be some place to lay down and go to sleep. It may be a manger. You never know. It may be in somebody's really rich house. You never know. But he just wanted to be led by God's Spirit. And he had a specific ministry he was called to. He was supposed to die for the sins of the world, which I can't imagine the faith it took to do that. Mm. 
But we're called to similarly take up our cross and follow him daily. Not weekly, not yearly. We're to follow him daily. And our cross is what God decides to put upon us. Not what we decide to put upon us. A lot of us are falsely thinking that they're following God and doing God's will when it's actually something they decided to do that God has no interest in. They just say, well, it looks holy. People say it's holy. They say it's a good thing to do, so I'll do it. And God naturally will just think whatever I'm doing is great. Well, he might, but he might not. Basically, if you're not doing what he wants you specifically to do, whatever you're doing is wrong. I mean, that's just bottom line. If we're not doing God's will, we're doing somebody else's will or our will, that's not what he wants us to be doing. And this is a fundamental thing we have to get straightened out in our lives. Our natural-minded reasoning puts us at odds with our very Creator. And if we are doing what we think is good and not doing what He wants us to do, we're missing it. We're not building His kingdom. We're building our kingdom. And when the books are open and we're judged for our deeds on earth, not much is going to count if it wasn't for God. So, We want to have a successful 24 hours in God. We want to make these waking hours that we have a manifestation of his will on earth so that at least where it comes to us, his will is done on earth as Mm -hmm. it is in heaven. That's right. How do you do this? How do you really do God's will? First off, when you're beginning to do this kind of thing, You've got to set aside specific time. I mean, this is not going to happen overnight. Unless you're really, really faith-filled. But this is how you can approach it. What you do is you set aside a Sunday. Okay, you're supposed to do godly things on Sunday anyway. (laughs) So you set aside that Sunday to do God's will. And then in the morning, when you get up, unless he says something different, you pray. And you pray until you are certain inside yourself that he wants you to do a certain thing. Now, it may be more prayer. It may be to go to the Bible and read a certain verse. It may be to call a friend. It may be to go on a walk. It may be to get in your car and go across town to a certain place. It may be to encourage somebody. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. You're communicating with God and you're letting him communicate back. And when you are fairly certain that this is what God wants you to do, you just do it. Okay, now, this is the crux of this exercise right here because when God wants you to do something it usually means right now. God is a God who knows what he wants when he wants and when he says I want you to call Sally that means he wants you to get your phone and call Sally. Sally may hate your guts because you fought with her last time you were with her and you don't really want to have the screaming match that you had last time. But you're going to have to decide that you're willing to take the heat to try to do God's will. God asks you to go talk to somebody on the street. They may reject you. And you have to just decide that you're willing to suffer the rejection in order to find out if this is God. If God tells you to give a certain amount of money, you just give it. You may never know what that money did. I remember I was walking down the street in Africa and I felt to cross the street and there's this young lady who was crossing the street then and she was going to intercept me and I felt to reach in my pocket and take out 300 shillings 
put it in her hand, and she kept on walking. And I kept on walking. Almost like it was choreographed and you were both expecting it. Odd. It was like a baton handoff, you know? Wow. And neither one of us said anything. She just reached over, grabbed it, kept on walking. I kept on walking. I don't know why. Oh, wow. Interesting. But it was like it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. No kidding. And maybe she needed 300 shillings to feed herself and her brothers and sisters that day. Or maybe yeah. her mom was sick and needed 300. And God maybe told her to come to that part of town. And maybe told her to walk by the Mazungu. You never know. <laughs> and it was so fluid. Like you know? she was expecting it. Yeah, it's like we had set it up before time. Yeah, see, that's how God wants us to be able to flow. Because the way that you walk with God, you don't get up in the morning and get a download of everything you need to take care of. Two o'clock, do this. 4.45, call this person. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, you would just tell God, okay, over and out, I'll check in with you tomorrow morning. Then you just go by your schedule. The way that God works is moment by moment. So we have to be in his flow moment by moment so that we know exactly what needs to happen because we don't get the full picture. And he wants us to live like that for a couple reasons. One is because he wants us to trust him. So we don't really know where the day is going. We don't know exactly the specifics of the day. We're just going to follow him. He also wants to have that close communion with us. He wants to live in us and through us. So he doesn't want to just check in every morning and give us our assignments. He wants to live through us. He wants to be alive in us. an intimate living through you. intimate living through you, where he can interact with us, where he can pour out his love, where he can speak to us, where we can just be the object of his adoration as he's in us and flows through us. And it's a beautiful experience. So much better to have God in you all the time, as much as you will allow, than it is to just hear from him every morning and then walk out what he tells you for that day. You know, having to focus on the moment makes us more pliable, and it makes us more in tune with God. There's a reason that scripture says to be still and know. How many times have you sat down to pray and listen to God, and then your mind will wander, and you're thinking about, oh, crud, I got to do this at 2.30. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that next week. And you can't hear God because you're so focused on the future. Or you sit down to listen to God and you start focusing on things in the past and the person who wronged you yesterday and how mad you are and how you're going to get back at them. You miss what God is speaking right now because we're too focused on the past or the future. I walked into a restaurant the other day and I saw a family that was obviously on vacation. There was a mom and a dad and three or four teenagers and then a grandma. Every single person at that table, except for the grandma, was on their phone. They're sitting at the table waiting for their food to be served on vacation together, not even interacting with each other. They were all looking at their phones, except for the grandma who was looking around the room. And I thought to myself, if you go on vacation with someone, but you're spending your time on your phone, have you really gone anywhere? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're not in your... But you're missing the moment. What kind of opportunity are you going to have to be on vacation with those people at that time in that little restaurant in Roundtown, which is an amazing experience in and of itself. Why not put the phone down and enjoy what is happening in the moment? Connect with the people around you. That is the thing that technology is really driving us away from, is connecting with people person to person. And that is very important. And that's something that has to be done in the present moment. When you sit down with someone and talk with them, don't be thinking about what you're going to say next, or we got to hurry and end this conversation because I got to get home. Look into their eyes, listen to what they're saying, let your spirit connect with their spirit and allow God to flow between you. That's how we live in the present moment. Then if there's something that needs to be done, God will prompt you. 
We don't have to worry that we're going to miss something. A lot of times we feel like if I'm not focused on the future, planning the future, thinking about what's coming, I'm going to miss it or I'm going to miss something I'm supposed to do. Not when you're connected to God. God will always show you at the proper time what you need to do. Tell Philip, go get the bread and the fish from the boy. Give them something to eat. That was something in the moment God took care of in the moment. And there was no need to worry about it ahead of time because in the moment it was taken care of. That's how God wants us to live. Yeah, the salient point to the loaves and the fishes is that God provides when you're being led by a spirit. Right. When you're doing the work of God, God, of course, is going to promote what he wants to do. And when you're being led moment by moment by God, of course, he's going to make things work out because he wants to get something done and you're doing it. What you have to have is the moment where it's just God and it's not you. And then you take those moments and you put them together and you have a God hour. Mm-hmm. And then you have a God day. And pretty soon you're working on a God week. This is how the body of Christ is perfected. Now, the other way it's perfected is through connection to individuals within Christ's church. We need to be connected as God wants us to be connected. And so many times when God is drawing us to somebody, we doubt that God is doing exactly what he's doing. God may be drawing you supernaturally to connect with a man or a woman and you feel this incredible love in your heart for them. It's a self-sacrificial love. It's a agape love. It hopes all things, bears all things, believes all things. It's just pure love from above. And it's so powerful that it's almost overcoming your inhibitions. And what you don't know, what you can't know, but what you can assume by faith is if God is drawing you to a person like that, He's also drawing the person to you, and they're having the same doubts. God's working on both ends to put you together like now, and you're both just like holding back and trying to stop the force that's putting you together. And I know how that is. I just know that if God's doing it, he wants to do it. You go into a church and you'll just be drawn to a certain person, and God will say, go and say this to him. You've got to risk the rejection. But this is key to what God is doing that we need to be connected as you connect with another person in the body of Christ what you'll find is you'll see God manifest in the flesh you'll see Christ in them and Christ will minister to you in ways that you never thought possible and you'll be strengthened they'll be strengthened Mm -hmm. the body of Christ will be strengthened and again when that happens with the spiritual connections it's always a present moment thing Mm-hmm. When you're strongly connected to someone spiritually, you feel it in the present moment. You experience it in the present moment. They experience it in the present moment. A lot of times those things will happen and then our minds will take over and go, well, what does this mean? Where is this going? How is this person supposed to fit into my life? God doesn't want us to worry about those things. God wants us to focus on the present moment. could be that it's a spiritual connection that only is a short-lived thing for a particular purpose that God wants to achieve. Whatever it is, we just give in in that moment. But we have to be sensitive to God in the moment. The beautiful thing about living in the moment the way Jesus told us to and making this day successful because we're thinking about this day is that most of our concerns and our worries and our stress come from something that happened in the past or something we think is going to happen in the future. Exactly. When you're making dinner and you're chopping up a head of lettuce... If you focus on chopping up the head of lettuce and sensing the Spirit of God around you, what's happening in that moment, you're not worried about what happened yesterday. You're not angry at the person who wronged you anymore. You're not thinking about, well, what am I going to do? This is my last head of lettuce. I won't have any more food. You don't think about that. You're just in the moment 
you appreciate what your senses can sense and you sense the presence of God, there's a place of peace. There's a place of unity with God. There's a sensitivity to God that I don't believe we can experience outside of the present moment. It's hard for God to get our attention when we're so worried about the future. He's saying, Christy, there's a person outside your window that I want you to go talk to while I'm cutting the head of lettuce. If I'm not listening to him, I'll be cutting the head of lettuce and thinking about the things I'm stressed about tomorrow, and I'll miss the opportunity that this moment gives me. Then, have I had a successful day? No. All I did was chop lettuce and worry about tomorrow, when God wanted me to chop lettuce and then go outside and talk to the person outside my window. So we have to stay connected to God in that way. We can't connect to God by going to the future, and we can't connect to God by going to the past. We connect to God in the moment. And if there's something from our past that He wants to heal and restore us, He'll deal with that in the present. If there's something in the future that He wants us to prepare for, He will deal with that in the moment. But what makes today successful is listening to Him every moment. Yeah, you just need to concentrate on the moment, concentrate on listening to God. And if God isn't saying anything, then just go about your daily routine. Exactly. You know, it's no big deal. But if he is saying something, then listen to him and do it. And that's really essentially what walking in the Spirit is. It's just doing whatever God wants you to do at any given time. And we want to be perfected, but when we try to live righteous and holy, we fail miserably. And then what happens? You're condemned. And the devil's right there and says, oh, you can't live holy. You're just a mess up. Then you feel condemnation. You feel like you're not good enough. feel like you can't do anything right. And the more you try, the more you fail. And so you're just kind of confirmed. And gradually the devil works you into a corner where you're afraid to move one side to the other because you might sin. You might lose your salvation. You're not walking by grace anymore. You're walking by sight. Trying to make your own righteousness and failing miserably Mm -hmm. and the reason that this is going on is that you're going about it wrongly god's not up there with a big stick waiting to whack you when you don't do right he's out there encouraging you to hear his voice and to try to do his will you don't even have to do it perfectly Mm -hmm. you just have to try and then god makes up all the deficit and you end up doing his will anyway even though you're weak flesh and you're not doing it perfectly. I've come to know that I can mess up badly in explaining something. And if people really want to know, they're going to get it anyway. Because <laughs> it's by the Spirit. Yeah, you know? They'll exactly. just say, oh, yeah, I really understand. I'll just think, no, I just explained that the worst possible way. <laughs> and they'll just get this revelation from it. It's not me. Mm. It's not me. And it's not you. Mm-hmm. All you got to do to walk Godly in Christ Jesus is listen to Christ Jesus and do what he wants you to do at any given moment. And when you string those any given moments together, you got any given hour, any given day, and you find that you start walking in the Spirit and all those things that used to hang on to you that used to be a problem just aren't really interesting anymore. And you just say, nah, I don't want to drink. Nah, I don't want to carouse. Nah, you know, I really want to just treat this person nice. Yeah, I know they messed up, but hey, you know, everybody does, and I'm just going to love them anyway. Yeah, exactly. You start to take on the nature of the God you serve. And fortunately, God is love. And so you just become a manifestation of his love, a revealing of his nature to other people. And you know what? Other people like love too. They do. (laughs) And when you love people, it tends to open them up. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, I really am sorry that I treated you that way. I was having a horrible day. I'm sorry. 
and you actually provide the atmosphere for them to come clean and just to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I was a jerk. Or you can say you were a jerk. Yeah, exactly. It goes both ways. Yeah. And even if they don't, you're still responding in love. If someone is mean to you and they determine I was right and I'm never going to apologize, we still can respond in love. And we still can move toward them in love, and that opens up their heart. When they see that we love them in spite of how badly they treat us, then it opens up something. And living in that love of God comes from being in His presence. You know, the fruits of the Spirit are called the fruits of the Spirit for a reason. They're not fruits that we go to the produce market and grab off a shelf. They're fruits that grow, and they don't grow in us naturally. They're fruits of the Spirit. They grow from the Spirit. So when the Spirit of God lives in us, His Spirit grows in us, what comes out of us is those fruits. We have exactly. love and joy and peace and patience in increasing measure. It doesn't happen perfectly, but how do we get those fruits? We get those fruits from allowing the Spirit to really grow in us. God gives us each a measure of the Spirit when we're saved. He gives us even more when we're Spirit-filled. And as we step into tabernacles, we get an abundance of His love. But we are still in control of our choices, and we can decide to let that Spirit and that love grow in us and manifest fruit, That's true. or we can block it off. We may say, okay, I know God has filled me with this love, and he's filled me with the Spirit. I know what he wants me to do, but that person made me mad yesterday, and I am not going to be nice to them. That's our choice. We can choose to do that. Or we can just yield to the Spirit and say, okay, God, I really don't feel within me that I want to be nice to that person. They were really mean to me yesterday, but I will do what you want me to do. And if you allow that to grow, then the fruits will come out. The fruits will come out when we yield to him. And the only way that we can have those fruits and walk in that is to be connected to God regularly. And we have to do that in the present moment today. What God wants me to do today is connect to Him so that He can flow through me and that will make today successful. The truth is you get the spirit you yield to. And if you yield to love, God will be your constant companion. Mm. If you yield to hate or envy or jealousy or greed or any of the other bad things, you'll get spirits associated with those bad things. That's right. And while it may give you a shot in the arm and make you feel powerful for the moment, those things hang around. Mm. And they tend to make you miserable. When people have been hurt by things in their past, they remember those hurt as if it happened right then. And they can't Mm. go in that place in their psyche now because they got hurt. And there's demons that promulgate that and hurt you more. You know, somebody can hurt you 15 years ago and you'll be walking down the street and you remember it and it's just like somebody stabbed you. Exactly. It's like it happened right then. Yeah. And it really makes you feel bad. And it may be a sunny day. You may have ice cream in your hand and you feel like you just got stabbed again. Mm. That was never dealt with. There's no way you're going to let anybody near that either to help you deal with it because you don't trust anybody. You don't think that anybody will really care enough for you to understand how that hurt you and how you can't deal with it. But what I'm saying to you right now is that a spiritual connection given to you by God, you automatically trust. Mm -hmm. And you will open up the most sensitive parts of your psyche to them so that they can pray with you, so that they can love you through that. And you can actually be healed of those hurts that are just tormenting you day and night. And when you live in the past, you're not available for the present. Yeah. When you fear the future, you're not available for now. Now, we need to focus on what God wants to do with us today. 
Our goal needs to be to have a successful today in God's love so that we can manifest Jesus. Because when we're manifesting Jesus, oddly enough, demons don't like to be around that. (laughs) That's right. And the more you manifest Jesus, the less the demons like it Mm -hmm. and the more they flee. Yeah. You don't even have to tell them to go. Exactly. They'll just go because they don't like light. Exactly. It's not a battle. It's just that the light of Jesus comes in and the darkness flees. That's how it works. That's the key to overcoming the sinful areas in our lives that we struggle with, too. Instead of making a plan of how I'm going to abstain from alcohol so I don't get drunk anymore, you live in the moment. You connect with God today and say, God, make this a successful day in me not getting drunk. And you connect with the Spirit, you follow Him moment by moment, then you yield to the Spirit, and Paul tells us that if we yield to the Spirit and walk in that Spirit, then we won't give in to our fleshly desires. It's just like the demons fleeing at the presence of Jesus. The sin nature in us dissipates as we yield to the Spirit. So we may walk by a bottle of liquor and go, no, you know, I'm in the presence of God, I'm hearing His voice, I'm feeling His Spirit, and I really just don't have any desire. And you walk right past it. That's not anything we can do in our own strength, but as we yield to the Spirit of God in us, we overcome things in our life that need to be overcome today. That's our focus. The goal for today is to have a successful today. And we do that by connecting to God and yielding to Him in every way that He leads us. Another aspect of this is when you are opening yourself to God, you're becoming vulnerable to him and to others. We're all been conditioned not to like to be hurt, you know, especially emotionally. And so it's a scary thing for us to open up to somebody when they could hurt us. Yeah. And it's a large portion of trust that you have to have in God to open yourself up to be vulnerable to somebody when they could do damage. But what you find is if you're led of the Spirit... Even if the person reacts bad, you don't really take it to heart like yeah. you used to. You just say, well, I did what God wanted me to do, and they didn't react right. And it could be that they're just not reacting right at that time, and they will come back around, and they'll say, you know, I'm sorry, I was a jerk. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that God is just teaching you to love people in spite of how they treat you. Instead of being afraid of somebody mistreating you, be vulnerable and allow them the possibility of mistreating you, and then he shows you how to overcome it. It's those times where you allow God to come through you that will make the most impact on the people around you. When you act unexpectedly good, when people know that they've done wrong, that's when you're the most Christ-like to them. Now, what we're talking about today is just real practical stuff in your daily walk with God. This is how you walk in the Spirit. This is how you show people that God lives in you. This is how you really have blessings. We have to let go of the things that people do to us in the natural. We don't understand the demonic pressure they're under. We don't understand the hurts that they experienced when they were growing up. If we had God's perspective on everybody, we might have a whole lot more grace on them than we do. And so when we just allow God to give his grace through us without having to understand it, we act a lot more Christ-like. Yeah, we do. And we can step out of the way because our own feelings, our own pride, our own ego gets bruised when we're mistreated. And if we respond out of that fleshly nature... It may be satisfying in the moment to feel like, oh, I really got him with that comment. Oh, I really conquered in court and won this battle. But in the long term, 
how is it impacting everyone? It's a distraction is what it, it is. It is a distraction, yeah. If our focus is on God and manifesting his love, okay, my ego's bruised, my pride is hurt, what can I do? I can either react out of what I feel in my flesh, or I can just wait on the presence of God, listen to what God is speaking to me, and speak what he wants me to speak, respond how he wants me to respond. And even though I may not defend myself, even though someone may say something about me that's cruel and untrue, and if I don't say anything to counteract that, but instead respond in love, God's going to take care of me. God's going to always take care of us and our stuff, and even our bruised egos if we relax into him and allow him to flow through us, we'll get to the point where the love for that person supersedes our own hurt feelings and the concern that you have for them and how they see God and how you want them to be blessed will be a more powerful focus for us than the fact that they said something mean and my feelings are hurt. Exactly. And if you can walk like that in the tough times, then you will be able to walk like that in the good times too. Yeah. And Jesus has an amazing future for you if you'll let go of the past and you'll not fear the future, but you'll just live for him in the present. Today, just say, you know, I'm going to ask God what to do. When I don't know what to do, I'm just going to ask, okay, what do you want me to say right here? And then just say it. See what happens. Mm -hmm. I've done that so many times where I don't even know which way to go. I don't know what to say. I don't know who to talk to, and God will just come out of me. And he'll say what he wants to say. And it's invariably the thing that needs to be said. He'll tell me where to go, and that's invariably where he wants to go. People think that prophets are these high and mighty people that somehow have more righteousness than the average person or more holiness than the average Christian believer, but it's not true. It's just that they listen to what God says And they do what he says to do when he says to do it. And when they do that, really amazing things tend to happen. And that same voice that talks to them is the same voice that wants to talk to you. There's really no difference in our day and age between prophets and lay people. It's just to the degree that the prophets yield to the Spirit of God. We're asking you to consider... Why don't you just let go and let God be himself right now? Why don't you just pray and say, okay, I've heard the message. I've heard that I should just focus on you, and so that's what I'm going to do. What do you want me to do? And then, invariably, God will speak to you, Mm -hmm. and he'll say, I want you to do this. And you go, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't (laughs) expecting that. You, You want me to do that? And he won't stay it a second time, usually. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could, but he just tells you once, and you're supposed to obey. And then you're going to have to sit there and say, am I going to listen to that voice? And you're going to make a decision. And if by faith you decide to do what he asked you to do, then you're going to find out what happens. This is the crux of how you listen to God's voice and how you find out if it is God's voice or not. And it's a personal thing. It's not something I can come and teach you by rote. Yeah, yeah. You have to experience God. You know, that's the whole thing about this post-church move of God that's happening in tabernacles. There is not a lesson plan. Yeah. There is not a Bible study. Yeah, there's not a formula. There's not a degree in this. Mm -hmm. It's something that each individual has to go through themselves, and they learn through experience what is God's voice and what is not God's voice. Mm -hmm. And we don't do doctrine. I tell you, I grew up in my church experience filled with doctrine. 
And I found out the more I was filled with doctrine, the less I had of God. And I had to personally experience God. Yeah. I couldn't do it through another minister. These ministers that get up and give really good sermons and teaching series, what they're teaching you is stuff they learned personally. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, if they teach it, then your natural mind will say, well, I have to do this set of things to get their result. No, you're going to have to do the exact thing that they did, which was listen to God and experience it yourself. And it will be different than what they say. Yeah, you have to experience it yourself. Recently, I've really been trying to focus on yielding to the Spirit of God every day. And sometimes we get that expectation. Well, he will tell me to go do something. He will tell me to speak to someone. He will tell me to pray a certain thing. What I didn't expect is that all of a sudden my dreams were changing and he's starting to speak to me through my dreams, ways to reach out to people. That was not something that I expected. And if I was looking at a doctrine or a lesson plan about how God is going to use me, I wouldn't have gone there. I wouldn't have expected that. When you open yourself up to what God wants you to do, he may change the way he speaks to you. He may change the way he flows through you. He may change your location. He may change your relationships. But it's also exciting because you know you're following the Spirit of God and you know that when God leads, He provides and He manifests Himself. And it's a really exciting way to live your Christian life. Amen. That is an amazing way to live your Christian life. It's exciting, you know. Mm -hmm. If you think Christianity is dull and boring, you're just not listening to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, when He leads you, it's, it's like mega exciting. Everything you thought Christianity should be and more starts happening to you and you just think... Wow, this Mm -hmm. is amazing. So we pray that God has spoken to your spirit. Take that which is good and hold on to it. The things you don't understand or don't agree with, don't worry about them. You know, what we're all about is promoting you getting with God. Exactly. We want you to connect with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. personally so that he can lead and guide you into all truth. And furthermore, we want you to connect with others of the body of Christ as God leads so that you can have Jesus manifest to you through another person. That is the thing about tabernacles that is so radically different than what people are believing today. God wants us to be brought together. He wants us to be close. He wants us to be united and joined as his spirit leads. And that is the way he is manifesting his power and his glory and his love and everything else about him in this day and age. So we invite you to listen to the Holy Spirit and to allow him to connect you with another member of the body of Christ and believe him. Hmm. God isn't an author of confusion. He wants you to do what he wants you to do for a specific purpose and just believe him and do it Mm -hmm. and take a chance and let God bless you. Yeah, and just because you don't see where it's going doesn't mean that you need to be anxious about it. Remember that the goal for today is a successful today. Exactly. That's all you need to focus on. Well, thank you for reaching the end of this podcast. We cherish our time that you spend with us and we just appreciate you so much. We love you in Jesus Christ. We'll see you next week. You have a blessed seven days ahead of you. Bye-bye. Bye.